Welcome everybody to the finale of the Lockout Podcast Season 1. We have an epic, epic episode for you lined up this week. Coming off an amazing weekend at uh, Interlagos. There was overtakes, wheel-to-wheel racing. We had everything from this weekend. It was a sprint race weekend. So much to talk about. Welcome to the couch, boys. Thanks for having us, mate. It's good to be back. I can't believe it's... We're almost at the end. I know. 28 episodes we've Mm. had this season. One um, one to go. Let's make it a good one. Yeah. Thanks for coming along for the ride, everybody. Mm. Um, It's been fun covering this this first season of the new new era of cars. Um, And look, what a race to finish this season off on. Absolutely Um, cracker. It was an absolutely cracker race, wasn't it? Race of the season? Oh, weekend of the weekend season. Of the season. Because that sprint race was wild as well. Weekend yeah. of the season. Even the quality was intense. Like everything about mm. this weekend was mad. Yeah. And obviously being in Brazil, being in a brilliant, brilliant track as well. Mm. It's just, it added to everything. I mm. thought, yeah, weekend of the season, maybe not race of the season, but yeah, definitely the top weekend. When you take into consideration that both the World Drivers' Championship and Constructors are both wrapped up, and yeah, we still absolutely. got to witness something that great on the weekend. And how crap Mexico was like two weeks ago. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that's what made it so yeah. good. <laughs> Complete polar opposite to Mexico. Literally. Yeah. 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 I, I honestly was not expecting it. I kind of... My excitement for F1 was tailing off quite quickly after mm. Red Bull wrapped everything up. But um, yeah, wow, that weekend really ignited the fuel again, didn't it? Um, mm. And it all started... Uh, with qualifying on Friday night with Magnussen's first ever pole position in F1. Unbelievable scenes. Yeah. Absolutely unbelievable scenes that was. Just it was electric. Like It even gives me goosebumps talking about it now. Just the timing of of his, of his pit exit was perfect. Mm. Um, he got fortunate that Haas are way down the back of the grid, so therefore the first team to come out of the pits. And yeah, just nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. The rest of the weekend wasn't so good to him, but... Quali was was good. Yeah. yeah, I think he knew he didn't really. He knew once he got to the sprint race and and the race that he was going to drop down the pecking order a bit. Uh, no, no doubt, you know. Yeah, they're yeah. a bottom to midfield team. Um, so he was just stoked that he got that P one. Yeah, it was it was spectacular. I remember I woke up on Saturday morning, looked at my phone, and I thought that I'd accidentally opened up like an F one meme page that yeah. had like <laughs> had Magnuson on pole. And I was like, wait, wait, hang on a second. So I quickly checked it and I was like, oh, wait, no. Okay, some, some shit must have gone down in this yeah. qualifying. Like that was so unexpected. Yeah. Um, but, but like you guys touched on, like he nailed the one lap that he had. Um, fortunate that, that Russell then put it in the gravel and then the rain came down. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Ferrari, obviously. Big brain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> went back to their old ways and completely fucked it up. And um, so that was, you know, one, one contender out of, out of it. And um, Mercedes uh, with Hamilton didn't quite come to the party uh and max didn't deliver his lap so full credit to magnuson yeah he, um he got out there he did what he had to do he, he genuinely outqualified eight other drivers on the grid mm, and, yeah. and put his car first so yeah. so fair play to him and the whole grid just in a half sandwich with schumacher backing it up yeah. well that was a polarization wasn't it yeah. to see schumacher in p20 like literally p1 and p20 completely bookended the grid yeah. unreal mm. that to me was just schumacher just nailing out. the coffin that was it yeah nailing the coffin done yep. see you later mate yeah it's i feel so bad for him yeah yeah, I still do. Like, I still think he's a better option than Hulkenberg if that's who they go with. Um, yeah. yeah 100%. Just, fuck, like that guy, like he's had his time. Yeah. He's had, he's, he's like John Farnham. He just keeps unretiring. Mm. Yeah. There's nothing about, <laughs> there's nothing about him that is really that exciting. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. I'd still like to see Schumacher, but we'll get to that a bit later. Um, onto the sprint race. There was 
so many that was by far the best sprint race we've ever oh, had that was pure chaos it was and so I'm all good. for it yeah it was like from the get-go there was just wheel-to-wheel races all over the park we had alonzo and ocon um in the epic wheel-to-wheel action and the contact and alonzo getting heated with ocon yeah uh, which sort of started a trend for the whole weekend actually of alonzo getting pretty pissy uh with ocon yeah he didn't take it well did he i think the, the first instance where they had contact at turn four i think ocon just he absolutely more at fault for sure he yeah. gave him no space Nothing. and like no. if it's another competitor fair enough like racing that hard but that is your teammate at the end of the day they've, they've still got you know the constructors to fight for and they you know they should be ahead of mclaren in points and in pace and they definitely are in pace um i don't know what the fuck he was thinking like to, to shove him so out that wide which is beyond ridiculous in the sprint race as well on lap one um but i think the second incident that actually cost alonso more was probably his misjudgment as More his just, fault, yeah, hey, yeah they're coming up the coming up the hill ocon's parked himself in the middle of the track um has every right to do so and and alonso's just misjudged it um mm-hmm. very very similarly to how he misjudged it with stroll uh, with stroll yeah, yeah. Um, stroll obviously moved uh in that instance but you know very very similar kind of contact he seems to wait till the absolute the last, minute, last minute yeah, yeah before he pulls out of the slipstream which you do see a lot from a lot of the drivers you know they do wait you, yeah you do yeah second. and i think just in interlagos as well the way that that last kind of corner onto the straight is heading uphill, you're very unsighted. You're always turning, uh, even though it is considered a straight in inverted commas. Um, so yeah, yeah, that straight's like a bit uphill, a bit downhill, a bit uphill again. It's yeah. very, yeah. Yeah, so you already don't have great vision. I think you just needed to be a little bit more patient, a bit more smart there. But obviously after the start of the lap, the red mist had descended and he's <laughs> just like, I'm taking this guy and I don't care how I do it and I don't care who I have to smash into to get it done. Mm. So yeah. Alonso still felt like it was Ocon's fault. Yeah, uh, no, of course. Yeah. He said on the radio, he goes, "I lost the front wing thanks to our friend, yeah, meaning yeah. Ocon." You know, it's so salty. Uh, and it, I also heard another comment he made. I don't know if it was after the race or at what point of the weekend, but he said, "You know, Ocon's almost killed me twice." You know, in Jeddah <laughs> and somewhere else. <laughs> he loves exaggerating, doesn't he? But it is uh, an ongoing trend that Ocon has raced Alonso so much harder mm-hmm. than anybody else on the grid this season. Yeah, and even if you look back to when he was. Um, when he was at the pink Mercedes there, the Force India, mm. he, did, he was doing the exact same thing with Perez. Mm. Mm. Um, it's yeah, not just an Alonso thing. He does it to all yeah, his teammates. It's it's not a it's not a standalone incident. It's something he's carried with him his whole career. Mm. Um, and you know, people people tend to say it's you know because he's he's not gotten into Formula One the easy route. Like he's he's had to work for it. He has to graft for it. He's you know he spent a year out of the sport to come back in, and he's he's hanging on to his seat with everything he's got. Which I can kind of understand, but at the same time, like, stop hitting your teammates, please. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of the golden rule. Yeah, it's kind of you're like number one, your biggest competitor is your teammate. So yes, I can understand the the sense of urgency to always finish ahead of them. But if if the outcome the other way is that you both end up having the worst race, mm. just just play fair. Yeah, yeah, and look, going back to the sprint race, that wasn't the only fight we had. We also had. Stroll getting a 10-second time penalty for pushing Vettel onto the grass when they were battling. Yeah, that yeah. one was properly sketchy. That was, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and, and Stroll, again, is someone who has a history of, of doing that, liking to push people off the track. Yeah, he takes it just that little bit too far, doesn't he? Mm. He's um, obviously done a very similar movement um, with that Alonso incident in, mm. in Mexico the week before. Um, obviously, this time there wasn't any contact, but he also definitely did force Seb off the road. Um, what annoys me about the the harshness or the severity of the penalties in these instances is we see someone like Lance get 10 seconds for 
well, I guess it was reckless driving or dangerous driving, right? Mm. Yeah, I mean, the, un- the only thing that stopped that being a plane crash, like like in Texas, was that Vettel was all over yeah. it and basically drove himself onto the grass. Drove to avoid himself it. off, right? Yeah. 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 So you're getting a you're getting a penalty there for the potential to have a massive crash yeah. rather than actually what the having a massive was. crash. It's the yeah. potential. Yeah. But then in other instances where there is an actual crash, mm. take for example uh, George torpedoing into Carlos a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, ruins Carlos's race. He's out of the race. He's gone. Right. He gets five seconds. Mm-hmm. Mm. So how is it two drivers can continue in a race and one driver cops ten seconds where? In the other instance, there's been an incident. One of them's DNF'd and the guy at fault gets five. Yeah. Orlando yeah. and Charles this weekend. Orlando and Charles this weekend. Yeah. Exactly exactly the same. And yeah. you could say the same for Verstappen and Hamilton as well. Yeah. You know, that, We're going to come on to that what one. Side, <laughs> Depending on what side of the coin you are on that, that could have been a heavier fine for Verstappen. Yeah. But yeah, as we've talked about many times this season, there, there are a lot of different like, discretionary calls made mm. in FIA on what penalties yeah. they give. Yeah, lack of consistency. Lack of consistency and yeah. all that, yeah. Um, another good one was George Russell battling against Verstappen for first during the sprint. It was sort of maybe the, one of the first or only times this season we've seen Verstappen lacking pace. Mm. Yeah, uh, the Red Bull in general. The field. Yeah. Red was, Bull in general was, was not there this weekend. And yep. that really was the, the key source for why it was such a good weekend, right? Because yeah. without that, it just would have been a clear run for Red Bull again. Yeah. Um, and none of that midfield fight would have happened. Yeah, I think pre-race when the when the tyre choices were announced, everyone thought, well, okay, Red Bull just aren't going to take any risks because they got a faster car. They'll run with a medium tyre. Mm. He'll, he'll try and stick it out at the front and then he has no concerns at the end. But it sort of eventuated then during the race or during the sprint, <clears throat> during the sprint, sorry, um, that he actually had to go on the medium because they just couldn't get tyre life out. They sort of had a Ferrari-like issue where the Red Bull was just chewing through tires. its front tyres. Yeah. Mm. yeah, so they they wanted to save an extra set of softs for the main race on Sunday, which is the right decision because that's the one that pays the most points out absolutely um but it but it compromised them in the sprint and then it compromised them in the race on sunday as well um just the characteristics of that car this weekend yeah i can't believe Mm. how wrong they got it Mm. it was just really really odd and on the on the flip side then you had mercedes that was just for whatever reason absolutely in its sweet spot this weekend that was the best they were on one this weekend weren't they They, that's the best that car has looked all season they've been steady building since the start of the season yeah and it's it's with one race to go, it's finally paid off for them. And, mm. and how? Yeah. <laughs> like they just, they killed it. The yep. Sky Sports guys made a good point in saying that Mercedes have been quite consistent all season. Obviously, they've had their, you know, with Hamilton and George, mm. they've had their individual, you know, offs and mistakes here and there. But generally speaking, they've been probably one of the most consistent teams. Absolutely. And they've been, early in the season, they were consistent without the power and the, and the car there. But now they're consistent and they got the car. Yeah. So they were always circling around that top six or even the top three, yeah. just and picking up whatever scraps would come their way. But yeah. now they're in a position where they're not circling anymore for scraps. They're actually in the mix for the points. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, because they were consistent all throughout the weekend, right? From from, from the get go. Yeah. It was. Yeah. yeah, it was great. I think at the at the start of the season they probably couldn't wait for it to be over, and now at the back end they're probably wishing that there was like another five or six races. Mm. Because they just they're building momentum now, and and you know there'll be a fair amount of carryover for the cars to next season. There's nothing that um, they're learning now that won't be advantageous to them next year. Yeah, so for sure. That, that's a big factor. Yeah, and I'm hoping in Abu Dhabi it's not it doesn't just go back to what it was in Mexico. I mm. hope this sort of three way fight between Ferrari, Red Bull, and Mercedes continues because mm, then we can we can keep that sort of 
hope that that continues into yeah and the season on a high yeah yeah um we have to get to the race Mm. the main feature race obviously it was there's so much to unpack here (laughs) the main thing um i found was there was a lot of team order drama yeah Um, yeah you know we had leclerc at the end which was weird for me asking for team orders on science at the end of the race because Mm. he's trying to fight perez for this Second, second place, place. Yeah, made, yeah. Extra yeah. Point. made no sense to me and the, I think the right decision was made there you can't take a, a you can't, si- you can't a take a, a warranted podium away from signs to try yeah. and get Leclerc an extra no. couple of points no because really yeah. realistically yeah. that second world driver championship doesn't mean much means nothing what's more important to them is the constructors and that's knowing, where you get more money yeah right? and yeah. knowing the way Ferrari operate them trying to orchestrate a switch there probably oh. would have let Alonso through onto the podium 100%. Or something like that 100%. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. they would have taken each other out in the last corner yeah. um not only, not only is it, I guess, wrong to swap someone for a podium. Alonso was close. He was like a second, just over a second behind Charles. Yeah. So they're just, even if they were inclined to go that way, there wasn't enough time. There wasn't enough of a gap to to fifth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Sainz had had a fantastic race. Like he had so yeah. much bad luck at the start of the race with the tear off going to his brake duck, put him on a bad strategy. But he had great pace throughout. He had earned that podium. He'd been 100%. punchy with his overtakes. He's had a lot of bad luck this season. Let him let him take what he's owed. Like, Fair play to him. And he yeah. started with the disadvantage as well, or a positional disadvantage anyway with the new engine. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't the easiest weekend for him, but no. he was flying. No, he did yeah. really well. I think that call Leclerc made was coming from the same ego-filled place that Verstappen's call Four. came from. <laughs> yeah, um, let's get to that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The elephant in the room. The elephant in the room. The funniest part of it about this whole Verstappen Perez drama is that it completely stole the show from George Russell Fun winning his first ever Formula One race. <laughs> like, can stole the show completely. Is like the only thing anyone was talking about. No one was talking about George. The really. only good thing about George Russell winning that race is that he has no fans. It's like, Man, it's like Man City winning the championship. No one cares. I don't know. I think Dan was about to jump back on the George Russell bandwagon. You're not. You're not yeah. going to hear it from anyone. Like no one's going to go. Fuck yeah, George won. Mm. I don't know. I think. <laughs> well, no, they say I'm, crikey, he won. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy for the bloke. Lewis Honestly. has got a ton of fans. Max has got a ton of fans. The Ferrari boys have a ton of fans, but like. No one I know is an outright George Russell fan. Even Latifi has a fun of like a ton of ironic. Yeah, fans. they're like cult, cult fans, right? Yeah, I don't know. There's so like as much of as much as I've changed my mind on George Russell, I I do feel like it is worth celebrating his win on the weekend because he's come oh, a long yeah. way. Don't get me wrong; he's a, he's an incredibly talented. Let, just single handedly, the fact that he was beating Hamilton all weekend. Oh, is huge. I'm pretty sure Max. With conditions, yeah, with no, conditions. Max. I think Max made that race Max really easy that. for George. Yeah. Right, yeah. Okay. Let's let's not forget Lewis was driving a damaged car in the race and was catching him at the end. Yeah, but yeah. at the same time, fair play to George. That, take, that's that's the take most the last safety car restart right where Lewis and George were like on par with each other. Yeah, and George he did put, enough. before yeah. the DRS was open. He got a just over a second gap yeah. and got out of that DRS range. He had the pace there. Yeah. Yeah, full full credit to him. I know Arlo won't eat the slice of humble pie in front of him about George Russell, nah, but he can get. I'll, I'll have it. I'll have a taste because <laughs> he he did a great job in both the sprint and in both the race. Like he set himself up in in the sprint with some real Definitely. smart overtakes on Max, kept it clean, um, and then just and then delivered in the race. Like mm. yeah, there were other issues that made things a bit easier for him. Um, he was also battling a water leak in the car that no one in Mercedes told him about at the time. Um, yeah, that's right. But you know he. He had a strategy. He executed that strategy. He had the pressure of Hamilton right behind him. He survived two safety car restarts. Um, 
fair play to him. He did a yeah. great job. Um, does nothing to convince us that he can race wheel to wheel because he's had some issues with that this season. But yeah. at, at the front of the field, when the car has pace um, and he's on a good strategy and he's ready to deliver, like he, he showed that he can win. He so, doesn't put a foot wrong. Yeah. 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 And look, if you take out his personality, any driver that's going to put Lewis to the test as a second driver of Mercedes, I'm all yeah. for it. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Um, it was actually... I can't believe I'm saying this. It was actually kind of nice seeing Lewis fight for a win. Mm. It was. Yeah. Mm. I was like, oh, this takes me back. Yeah. He's, <laughs> eat, he's eaten a massive humble pie this year and he's he has taken a while. Mm. Yeah. And I think he's started to realize that, yeah, he will have to start fighting for things again. It's not going to come as easy yeah. as the last it's, um, many years. It's a good prequel for what next year will bring. Obviously, we've got one race left, but, you know, as that car progresses and as it gets more and more competitive, we're obviously going to see you know, two very highly skilled drivers go for it next year on a clean slate. And mm. if if they're up the front from the beginning, it'll be interesting to see how that team dynamic goes next year. Mm. Yep, definitely. Uh, definitely. Well, onto the elephant in the room, Verstappen and Circle Perez. back. <laughs> yeah. That's so, just... Yeah. What's, what's your thoughts? Um, obviously, no one really knows the full details because Red Bull are keeping yeah. under wraps. But Max has his reasons. Max has his reasons. <laughs> I'm surprised Max was public about it. Obviously, both the driver and the, the pit wall know whatever they say on the radio is going to go public. Yeah. So, if, if by Verstappen making that comment on the radio, he knew this, this shitstorm of questions and stuff was oh, coming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. What, I, what I can't wrap my head around is if there's one instance as a driver where you're going to roll over for your teammate, it's when there's nothing left to play for, right? Mm. Yep. you've wrapped up the championship your team's wrapped up the constructors just just let him go <laughs> yeah what, what have you got to play well. for yeah it's, it's, for, it's not like it's for place. a win or anything yeah. yeah what like there's there was literally there wasn't a podium on the line there wasn't a win there wasn't a faster slap there was nothing there was just a couple extra points yeah and he yeah. had he had a terrible weekend by like his yeah. standards um a scrappy race he'd already had his incident with hamilton um, Perez had already let him through because Red Bull were like, yeah. go go attack the guys in front and try and get some points back for us. Um, and he, he was catching on, so he ended up half a second behind him, but obviously did not get him. No, of course not, no. Um, but I, th- I think the biggest thing for me was just like, I wasn't super surprised by it. Like, no, uh, yeah. When, when it got to the last lap and they said, oh, if, if Max doesn't get any, any higher up, he's going to let you pass. Um, he's not. I was thinking to myself at the moment, like, no, he's not. And then when the, really? the final results came yeah. through after the checkered flag... And you saw that he was still in front of Perez. Like there wasn't a whole sense of surprise. The commentators weren't surprised I, yeah. at all. They're like, "Oh, yeah, Max didn't let him oh, through." Yeah. <laughs> really? See, as a Verstappen fan, I expect a lot more from him. No, and I no, feel no. like you put too much faith in him. Then I, I, def- <laughs> I must have been blinded by everything else because mm. I don't know. I just think they had one of the best relationships as a co-driver pair in F1. Yeah. You look at what Perez did for Verstappen last year, helping him win the yeah. the championship in the final race at Abu Dhabi, defending against Hamilton. So yeah. many instances, not only last year, but this year, where Perez has single-handedly helped Verstappen to win a race and, yeah. and win a championship. And, and then you add nuts. on top of that, the fact that Perez is probably one of the nicest blokes on the grid. Like, he's mm. the type of guy that you, you feel... like I just... You, you can never be angry at him or rude yeah. to him because he's just such a nice bloke and he's done so much for you it really did show Verstappen's true colours uh, oh for sure and it's it's painful for everyone I think like you, you never want to see that sort of attitude in F1 mm. especially from but your teammate right it's toxic behaviour yeah. from Verstappen and it 
it effect like I don't want to be I don't want to support someone who who acts like that. Something about that Red Bull second seat. We, we saw yeah, it with a uh, multi twenty one back yeah. in the day. Yep. Yeah, and it was very very reminiscent of that. I think the the, the key difference here was that that was Seb going for a win. Yeah. And this was Max for sixth. This was this was Max, like you said, with really nothing to play for. Championships yeah. wrapped up. He knows that it's important to yeah. Red Bull to get a one two in a drivers championship. For, it's the only thing they've never achieved um, when they won a championship. Um, yeah. And yeah, and and, and like Dan said, it was an opportunity to to almost say thanks to. Perez for all his all of his help in the last two yeah, years. Yeah, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. Right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So from a human point of view, you think, okay, it'd be super nice to see him sort of give back, considering everything that he's taken. Uh, and then from a competitor's point of view, yeah. you go, well, like I said, this wasn't a surprise. This was always the way yeah. it was going to play out. Uh, it, Max does not yield to anybody on track, off track. That's yeah. just how it goes. It's yeah. it's what puts him in that Schumacher, Senna, Prost. In some respects, Hamilton bracket, just pure competitive line, energy. Right? There's a yeah. line, and there's not there's, not to people like that. No, there is really? no line. No. Different gravy. No. Does he just not care what people think about him? Hundred percent. He is eats, breathes, sleeps, shits, racing, and that's it. Not just racing, right. but winning. Yeah. But but that that <laughs> he has to win at that, yeah. and in all other other facets of life, like that's that's Max. That's him. Yeah, and it's there's always that trait in people who are hyper hyper successful, right? Hundred mm. percent. They're always a little bit off. Yeah, you know, they. It's like you've got so much talent and so much in one bucket. You gotta, you gotta have someone shit about your personality, right? And that's there's a letdown in his personality here. He's like he's so hyper focused and so talented that his just personality lacks big time. We'll make we'll yeah. make for an interesting season finale in Abu Dhabi. Yeah, especially when. We have a scenario where Perez and Leclerc are coming into the race on equal points. Mm. It will be very interesting to see if a scenario does pop up where Max does need to yield for Checo to either create some breathing room or to help him catch up um, what he's going to do. Yeah. But see, the problem with that is I, I don't see a scenario where that's going to happen because if Max is leading the race and Checo's second or third... Oh, he's not going to care. Like, let, let's say hypothetically Max is leading the race, Charles is second and Checo's third. Yeah. Like, what Red Bull do then? No, nothing. You just leave it. Do, as you, it do is. you say to Max, "Oh, back Charles up into Checo." Like, hey, that's that's not going to happen. No. Yeah, it would have to be a similar scenario to this weekend where something happens to Verstappen, either damage to his car, and Perez has got clear pace on him. But yeah, it, it have to be a, sight. Yeah, it have to be a strategic thing. But I think just in that scenario, like I, I don't see him still moving across to help Perez at the next race. No um, and to be honest, I think if there's the opportunity to do it and yeah. he doesn't they're going to have big, big problems next year with that driver pairing. That, that's how a driver pairing fractures and breaks down. And have you guys heard about all the whispers about why he did what he did or what mm. his alleged well, yeah. reasons so are? Let's let, I want to dissect this because the the biggest question over all of this is why Verstappen said that. Yeah. Because there's got to be a reason to that, whether he got you know verbal approval from Red Bull that he was going to get complete priority no matter what the circumstances were mm. or whether it goes back to something in Monaco yeah. uh, where he's salty about what Perez did. So what is the theory? Oh. The, what I've heard and what I've seen, obviously the biggest whisper is that Max has some sort of issue with the way qualifying in Monaco was handled. Um, he believes that uh, Perez purposely spun out on that corner to, to red flag the session and keep the qualifying times as they were, uh, which gave Checo third place in qualifying. Mm. 
which is interesting to me because on one hand, third in Monaco is usually not an ideal place. You want to be first because it's traditionally hard to overtake, but you've got big brain Ferrari ahead of you, so it worked out very well for him. <laughs> on the other hand, there's been some graphs and spreadsheets and, and telemetry of Checo's throttle and brake um, Yeah, everyone's going usage. crazy over the telemetry. It's uh, been as nuts, he's going right? through that corner, he yeah. puts his foot down a bit. And you can even hear it in the broadcast. You can hear it in the as broadcast. As he's going through the corner. Uh, you can see it in the camera and... The graph basically shows that the last two times he approached that corner, he had a very, very steady throttle um, pressure. Uh, he very slowly applied it as he as he entered the corner or exited the corner and entered the straight part. Mm. Um, and then on this lap, for whatever reason, he's just like it, it almost looks like he's punched the throttle mm. and spun. So there's a lot of questions, isn't there? There are a lot yeah. of questions. There's also the whisper that. Um, in the state that Checo was at the after party, he let it slip that he did spin on purpose. Um, that's the latest one getting around that <laughs> he was he was so blind, too many vodka Red Bulls or whatever. Yeah. Um, that he that he let it slip that oh yeah you know I, I did oh yeah too many <laughs> yeah. nose beers apparently <laughs> uh, too much cheating on his wife. Um, oh. That he <laughs> <laughs> he let it slip that uh, he may have done that on purpose. But again, this is all. This is all behind closed hearsay, doors. Mate. This is all hearsay. Yeah, yeah. We've got no way In a court of law, you wouldn't be getting it. No, 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 no. no. Uh, um, it is a bit of a long shot. I, I don't know. I do find it a bit hard to believe that Perez would do something like that and risk his gearbox and his car. It's such high risk, it's right? It's so high risk. It's, you know, if like he, he said, mistimes after Leclerc's, that? you know, yeah. mistake the year before, it, it is a bit of a long shot. And like, can you really be that salty for Perez wanting to win? A race. a race but, but or I even get P3 like come yeah. on I think then that that's just feeding the kind of competitive animal that Max is because that was like the one weekend of this year that he got comprehensively outpaced by Perez True. so is, is it mm. Max now in his own mind thinking there's got to be a reason why I got beaten that weekend and it can't be yeah. that my teammate is quicker than me there's <laughs> got to be something else happening yeah that is the reason that he beat me that weekend so has Max devised this narrative in his head of okay this is the reason why Perez is faster than me and I've got to get it back at him yeah, at some stage the, ne the next opportunity that I get it's, it's unlikely but you know when you're that none of us have that level of competitive drive in us that thinks okay I've got to do everything I possibly can to destroy every other driver I am the greatest mm. no one can beat me yeah. it's my championship like that that's the level that he's operating at so you know and, and, and he was he was feeding it as well for a guy that a week ago didn't want to speak to the media, that oh, man, after <laughs> that after it, yeah. this week, every media outlet that's asking him, oh, is this the reason why you did it? He's not denying anything. He's, yeah. he's he knows like, exactly what he's like doing. When Sky yeah. Sports asked him, he, they were like, oh, you know, is, is this, a is this about Monaco? Um, Monaco? Yeah. And they were, he was like, oh, make the decision yourself. Like, yeah. super cryptic. It's for you to decide. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For you yeah. to decide. And, and for them to know on the broadcast, like 30 seconds after that race had finished, oh, th this might be due to Monaco obviously means that that's been rumbling around the paddock yeah, for a little it's while. Been, it's, it's been getting around. Been, yeah, yeah, people have been talking about it. It's, it's obviously a theory that's out in the paddock um, and it's a pretty serious accusation. Um, not uncommon when someone does crash in Monaco in, in qualifying, yeah. um, but often unproven. So yeah, I suppose we're going to have to wait and see what happens this weekend because I think that's a story that's not going away anytime soon. Yeah. yeah. I doubt any real concrete evidence will come out. I think no. Rebel will do their best to keep... Everything hush-hush. Yeah. Similar to Crashgate in 08, I think unless Perez comes out himself and says, hey, I crashed on purpose, yeah. there's not really any way of proving that he did or didn't. Just mm. get him on the source and see what he says. 
Yeah, well, that's the <laughs> yeah. key. That's yeah. always the solution to every problem. <laughs> get somebody <laughs> drunk. Yeah. Uh, just to wrap up the race, I want to talk about Danny Rick and the Magnuson crash at the start, which is hilarious. Mm. It was like a bit of instant karma for Danny Rick. Yeah, the crash so twice. The crash so nice. They did it twice. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. you just. I feel bad for Dan Rick because he can't catch a break, but at the same time, that was completely his fault. Oh, 100%. Completely yeah. his fault. The, the the contact wasn't needed. Yeah. Um, the second contact was just K-Mags rolling out of the way of the other 20 cars trying to get around him. Yeah. yeah. Um, Dan Rick's taken the outside route and ended up with uh, K-Mags rear tyres in, 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 mm. in the car. Yeah. Which was a sad end to K Mag's weekend too. Yeah, True. it started so well and just got progressively worse, mm. didn't and it? And the uh, the icing on the cake, I don't know if you guys heard about this, but apparently Magnuson was less stranded at lap one crash scene in Interlagos after Danny Rick <laughs> uh, bagged the only seat in the medical medical car and no one thought to send it back to pick up Magnuson. So he was stuck there the <laughs> whole race. <laughs> Magnuson, Magnuson eventually gave up on waiting and attempted to get back on foot. Apparently, someone cut a hole in the fence to help him out and then he found himself walking through a public area surrounded by fans <laughs> as he tried to make it back to the pits. <laughs> That's the best. That is the most harsh ending to any story <laughs> ever, right? Yeah, literally. Shame there wasn't like a, a bit of water or river running through there. Yeah, the, you the just see back. a guy in a full white white race suit swimming across this river <laughs> to get back to the pits. That he should have just mad. yeah, he should have just stuck it out trackside and watched the rest of that race because yeah. it was such a cracker. It was just a fantastic. Get, have a race. few beers with the fans. Yeah, get amongst it. Yeah, exactly. What do you guys think of the whole um, Verstappen and uh, Hamilton crash scenario? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That's deserved a, penalty or? I don't know. It's a really hard penalty. I think there's. There's arguments for both sides. Mm. Definitely. It's it's one of those ones where it depends how you view it, right? There's the it's two corners in really quick succession. In the corner leading up to the crash, Max was in front. In the corner where the crash happened, Lewis was in front. Um, obviously one's on the inside, one's on the outside. That's switched as well. Mm. It's on one hand you can say yes, Lewis could have left more room, but on the other hand, you can definitely say Max shouldn't have dove in like that. Max yeah. was definitely sending it in there. Yeah, he yeah. was sending it in there. Um, you know, he's been quoted as saying before, whether the gap's there or not, I'm going to go for it pretty much. And mm. he, that, that's pretty much what he said anytime he's had contact is... Especially with Hamilton. Especially with Hamilton, yeah. he goes... It's an easy excuse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I think it comes back to the FIA, I think, recently reiterated their rules in terms of like whose corner's mm. what. Mm. And they're saying, you know, you come into a corner... If your if your wheels are next to each other, it's like you've got you've got to give each other space, right? Yeah. But only if you come into that corner safely. It's like if you come into that corner like Max, you're did, just bombing in. Yeah. Yeah. You're bombing in, and you are you know side by side of that corner. Doesn't mean it's necessarily your corner because you came in way no. too hot. See, um, I, I agree with that to a certain extent, but I think that Max had probably earned himself the right to a bit of racing space there. Yeah, I yeah. think he, he had done Hamilton around the outside and I think Hamilton definitely was feeding him towards the exit of the left part of that corner, uh, probably not expecting him to be there at the right part. So uh, it was one of those ones where you, you can't give the blame to either driver 100%, so therefore it probably is a racing incident. That's so what I, I don't, thought. I don't know why. And Verstappen copped all the um, all the damage as well in his car. Yeah, so, so he, he was, it, there was already a bit of like natural karma exactly. that yeah. had happened as a result of that. It wasn't so clear cut like like the Leclerc and Norris incident in that like, oh the, man, you know, like Leclerc was never heading to the barriers unless Norris hit him. Whereas yeah. Max and Hamilton were, were racing each other pretty fair, like hard racing. Yeah. They made yeah. contact, but like either one could have come out on top at that point. 
It was yeah, just so. a case of two trying to go into one. Yeah, and, and it was always going to happen. And like they, we've seen the the state that those two are in at the moment. Neither will yield to the other. No way. So when they reach a corner like that, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. That's just how it goes. Yeah. I I would have been very okay with just seeing that written off as a racing incident. At yeah. the same time. I'm not too mad about Max getting the penalty for it. Lewis fans would not have been happy if Max got away with that. That's for sure. <sighs> and, you know, realistically, <laughs> that five-second penalty didn't do shit. Yeah. So True. Keeps the, keeps the Lewis fans happy. It got cancelled out by, like, the three safety cars I had anyway. So, exactly. Yeah. The penalty didn't count for much. Yeah, exactly. The um, last thing, weird thing that happened at the end of the race that I want to touch on before we move on to some other stuff is Sonoda. Snarking in, sneaking into oh. the midfield <laughs> the, after the safety car. The where, so uh, random, hey. <laughs> where everyone unlapped themselves except and for he Yuki. Didn't. Yeah. yeah. So um, they introduced a new technology, which allows cars to be tracked whether they're lapped or not, and there was some glitch in it, where Yuki had pitted, so he was counted as unlapped. Uh, and then he was counted as on the main lap, but he so, wasn't. And then he came back out and he's yeah. in the midfield and everyone's like, what the fuck is this guy doing here? Like, I heard it was because he pitted during the safety car. So he gets lapped around lap 50. Yeah. Right? He pits during the safety car. And since he was going faster than the cars on track, the timing system indicated he was unlapping himself while he was in the pits. Uh, oh, yeah. Because so it cuts through turn one, two yeah. and three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so he was seen just his a, and a gone, oh, he must be unlapping himself already. Yeah, yeah. Or he got out in front of the safety car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah which I thought was quite funny. Yeah, it was so odd seeing him there and the commentators were so confused. They're like, is yeah. that <laughs> Gasly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it took them a good like 15 seconds to work out who it was. Yeah, But good on Yuki. Like yeah. he just jumped out of the way and... Like, he had nothing to fight for at that point. Yeah, <laughs> I just felt so bad for him seeing everyone on the lead lap and he's like a minute 30 behind. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was just not good. Yeah, poor guy. Um, it was good to see the FIA go in a... Like, take a direction in terms of implementing the technology to avoid what happened last year in Abu Dhabi. Mm. They've, they've, you know, made some sort of measure to say, we don't want that happening again. We're going to make sure when we do something, we do it right. It just didn't work. <laughs> Yeah. It just didn't work. So, like in theory, it was great. In uh, in actuality, it wasn't no. wasn't great. <laughs> yeah. In return for getting um, for stopping Max Verstappen stealing another World Drivers Championship in the wrong way, they get Yuki in the midfield yeah. for no reason. Just throw another Red Bull family car in there. Yeah. Why did, you not? Hear, <laughs> did you hear Ted on the broadcast as well that he was about to say the word like stealing for somebody else? That like something about like Norris having his uh, his mm. race stolen away, and then he quickly like corrected himself to be like, no, no, like taken away, taken oh, away, yeah. <laughs> not stolen. Yeah. Guys, sports guys are on, on. They can you can tell by the way they're talking. They're on thin ice. They're on high alert. <laughs> Even when, when <laughs> the um, Hamilton Verstappen thing happened, I noticed that they were very cautious to like bring it up. Like yeah, they were, yeah. it was almost like they were waiting for each other to make it have an opinion on it, and they kind of laughed it off. They're like. Are you going to take a stance on this? And they were kind of just like... Oh. It's the first time in a while I've seen them take someone's side and it not be Lewis. Yeah. Like they were actually feeding Lewis for that. And I was like, this yeah. is weird, wow, man. Yeah, like I've never seen them go, oh, Lewis is in the wrong. But then they made up for it with celebrating George Russell. Oh, yeah. they would oh, shut up man. about it, would they? You'd, th- you'd think that he won the world title. God. <laughs> they kept talking about where he was from or something. Yeah, yeah he's he, from I think the, he's from the same place as Brundle. Yeah, uh, in, right. in England. So yeah, yeah, and he's already outdone Brundle because he's won a race. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh jeez, <laughs> true facts. It's true facts. though. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, on to the rumor mill for this week. Mm. Uh, there's another couple of rumors floating around, including the one from probably last week or the week before, which was about Hulkenberg 
Um, and apparently the deal's yeah. done. Hulkenberg is moving to Haas, taking Mick Schumacher's seat. It's such a... I understand why they're doing it. They don't want to back rookies anymore because they're a liability. I get that. I get that rookies crash the car more than experienced drivers. Mick's not a rookie anymore. I know Mick's... Yeah, Mick's yeah. not a rookie anymore. Um, they, they want two old heads behind the car. The last time they had two old heads in the car was Magnussen and Grosjean. We all saw how that went. It was a shit show. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It was absolute shambles. They both ended up getting punted and then Magnussen found a way back into the sport. I feel like if they want to avoid having out-and-out rookies, they need an experience. Uh, they need a combination of youth and experience. Yeah. Because they very quickly can find themselves in a situation where they've got two drivers out of contract mm. and they're going to need two rookies anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I don't also, think if you bring right in experience, bring someone in with genuine, yeah, race-winning experience, not yeah. Hockenberg. He's I've not never won, won a race. race experience. I, yeah. I think that's the that's the big key point in that when you've seen other midfield teams go for experienced drivers, it's been the likes of yeah, bringing Alonso back out of retirement, yeah. taking a punt seven. on yeah, taking yeah. a punt on Vettel when he's damaged goods from Ferrari. Um, if one of those midfield teams had taken a punt on Danny Rick after McLaren this year, yeah. like that's the kind of experienced driver. Well, like Alpha taking Kimi, like yeah. it's just Al- like- Alpha taking Bottas as well. Yeah, Bottas too. It, yeah, Bottas could have very easily found himself without a drive for next season. Again, race-winning driver, number two at Mercedes. Yeah, that's the kind of driver that these midfield teams need to get. Like, there are there are better experienced drivers available than Hulkenberg. Yeah, yeah no doubt. It, it says a lot that the highlights of Hulkenberg's career have basically been his sub performances. Yeah, and him and K Mag having the suck my balls mate experience. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, pretty interesting, much it. Very interesting choice. Uh, another interesting choice is uh, actually interesting in the sense that it's probably the right move. Mm. Is uh, Bonotto's in the bin apparently? Yeah, yeah. Um, giving him the old sack whack out the door. <laughs> See you never. I mean, can you blame them? Probably not. C- can you blame them? There's it's kind of weird timing. Like he was copping all the heat yeah. mid-season, and now right at the end of the season, when all the pressure's kind of off, they're like, "We're going to sack you." But I see don't know. it out to the like, give him to the end if you're yeah. going to give him to the second last race. Yeah, make the announcement after the season. Like, or, or, no... or give him the option to start next season. See what state you start. You start yeah. next season in. It, it is possible that they learn from their mistakes. It's unlikely. It's Ferrari at the end of the day, mm. but it is possible. Um, and and the names rumored for the seat are nothing special either. I think one's Fred Vasseur from from uh, Sauber Alpha, and the other is uh, Antonello no, Coletta. I think from their uh, sports the car GT program. program yeah. Fred Fred Vasseur going to Ferrari. What is reminds me of David Moyes going to Man United. That's what. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah, <laughs> it's just. He's okay at an average team. Yeah. Yeah. Don't bring Nothing him to a title contender yeah. because it'll just be another shit show. Yeah. And there's no no disrespect to Fred Vizier. Like he does a good job he at Alpha. He does a good job with what he has. But he's right? doing a good job at Alpha. Yeah. Like there's a huge gulf between that and Ferrari. 100%. 100%. I don't yeah. think besides Toto and Christian there's not one team principal on the grid that I'd be like, I'd like to see him at Ferrari. Yeah, there is a real... And even Christian, I wouldn't want him there either. Yeah. <laughs> there, there is a real lack of like good team principals and managers out there at the moment. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't be able to name very many. But they quite often come from nowhere. Like um, Christian Horner really quite came from nowhere. He was yeah. super young when they signed him. Yeah. He just didn't dr- have much experience behind his belt. A driver that wasn't good enough to make it as a driver. Yeah. yeah. And just backed himself in the management side of things. Exactly. 
and, and I think yeah, it's harder to see potential talent in manager sides of things. You know, yeah. obviously talent in a car is way easier to see physically. Mm. Um, but yeah, I can imagine it's quite hard picking a, a new team principal. My question is, would you prefer to sack Bonotto or the strategy director Ruda? Because in my oh. opinion, it all comes down to him at the end of the day. Because yeah. it's all been strategy. The car has been there. Yes, it's fallen off, but apparently mm. it's been you know due to budget. Mm. Sack the strategy director. He's been shot. I, th- I think that's the bigger the bigger issue in that there's there's systems inside Ferrari that are not functional, which are probably yeah. making a bigger impact than one individual at the top. One hundred percent. I'd be reluctant to sack Binotto because there are things that he has done at Ferrari that are very good. Yeah. Um, their technical department is is very strong. They've made a good car in a new set of regulations. Um, the, the team does have a good sense of of team, for a better lack of a better word, around them. Yeah, they, good team they, spirit. They, right? Yeah, like they've gone through a lot of shit this year. Yeah, Charles looks a little bit depressed. Science has had like the worst luck out of anybody, but they've, they've come through it. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like does he deserve to be sacked for that? Maybe yes, maybe no. Maybe the, the, yes, maybe no. Maybe see, maybe no. But it's kind of that old mentality at Ferrari of like, we've had a crap year, someone's head's got to roll. Generally, yeah. it's the biggest head. It's the top yeah. dog. That's yeah. the publicity piece, right? Because yeah. it's like, you chop the guy at the top. At exactly. the same time, maybe it's also his inaction to sack the strategist. And yeah, that's the big thing. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's, it's, mm. it's his indecision or lack of a decision in terms of making moves a bit further down the hierarchy that's mm. cost him or potentially cost him his job anyway. Yeah, yeah. it'd be one it'll be a story to keep an eye on I think in the off season, but it will be one that I'd be very very surprised if it actually eventuates. Yeah. Mm, 100%. Mm. Anyway, moving on to the final race of the season. Back to Abu Dhabi. I can't believe we're at the end. Returning we to the scene the of the end, crime. Yeah. yeah. And uh the most exciting thing that's going to happen this weekend is the fight for second place with uh Leclerc and Perez <laughs> on the same amount of points. Yeah, but as well as that, I mean we've got the fight for second, which is going to be very spicy because it's basically whoever finishes in front wins. Yeah. Well, not wins, but comes second. Sounds reminiscent to last year. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a repeat of last year down with you. none of the stakes. <laughs> Just <laughs> yeah. a step down. Yeah. And you know, F1's getting desperate when they're trying to market it like it was like <laughs> it's, it's last year. battle for second place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As well as that, obviously, there is the Constructors' Championship at hand. There is a battle for second in the Constructors as well. Yeah, which, which is way more interesting in my opinion. Than well, I mean, it's, there's way more money in it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because I only found out today, actually, that you know, there's really no other kickback for the drivers for getting second or third or fourth or fifth, other than unless know, they've pride. got unless they've got individual clauses in their contract mm. where it's if I finish a certain position in the championship, I get a bonus. Yeah. Or if I get you know a certain amount of race wins, a certain amount of points finishes. Yeah. But that would be completely dependent on each individual driver situation. But no, I don't think there is any major gains between finishing second and third, right? I, I think the interesting one now for this season is the balancing act of, as a team, let's take Ferrari and Mercedes, for example, would you want to finish second in the constructors and get the additional prize money? Or, or would third. you rather come third and get the additional car, yeah, car development time? Because both mm-hmm. of those teams have no need for the prize money. They're both well capable of reaching the yeah. budget cap. That's true. You'd way prefer a bit the more dif- win time. Yeah. The difference in prize money would be a drop in the ocean for both of those teams. Exactly. Um, they'll both be able to fund the complete cap next yeah. year without and a problem. Yeah. yeah. But they've both made a massive deal about Red Bull copying a, a reduction in their wind tunnel time and yeah. what a big impact or a little impact that will have on next season. So it's like this weird scenario of, hey, 
like, do we want the time in the wind tunnel that's mm. theoretically going to give us an advantage, but maybe not? Or do we want the cash from and the prestige from finishing higher up the constructors championship? It's a very delicate balance, isn't it's it? It's an interesting one. Yeah, mm. and it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. We've got uh, Ferrari in, in the constructors. We've got Ferrari on five hundred twenty-four points, mm. and then we got Mercedes lurking very close behind on five hundred five. So Ferrari shit the bed this weekend. Mercedes could you know steal that yeah. second place from them quite easily. Yeah, they've done what well, they've they've cleaned up in Brazil. Yeah, first in the sprint. One two in yeah. the race, fastest lap. They got maximum points. So mm. uh, if that trend continues, Ferrari could be in a bit of trouble. Mm. Yeah, I hope for their sake. You know, they they got some pace back. I don't think it will happen. Mm. I think they'll get through just by the skin of their teeth. But we'll see. Uh, and then we got obviously the big one, Alpine and McLaren, which has been you know yo-yoing around. We yeah. got Alpine on one sixty-seven points and McLaren on one hundred forty-eight. Mm. So McLaren, yeah, there's not much in it. As yeah. Well. McLaren did their best job of getting no points this weekend because they both DNF'd. Mm. Um, and Alpine almost did as good as a job, but they did it on the Saturday instead of the Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> um, at, at least they delivered on the Sunday. Yeah, they delivered on the Sunday. And um, yeah, far out. That's also going to be a very tight one. Yeah. And that, that that's one that Alpine should have sewn up like ages ago. Ages 100%. ago. With, with how much bad like Alonso's had this season. I think you were saying, Arlo, that like... It's over 50 points. Yeah. Like o- over, but it, not only that, like he's only scored, I think, five fewer points than Ocon like going into before Brazil I don't know what the number is now he's probably back ahead of Ocon now it's close now it's yeah really close. Um, with all of the bad luck and misfortune that he's had um, I mean he, he could be up there with Lando in the championship right yeah 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 yeah. Uh, the other one which to me is by far the biggest surprise if you told me this is the start of the season or midway through the season I wouldn't believe you but Aston Martin is on the brink of beating Alfa Romeo, Haas, and Alfa Tauri. Yeah, Alfa Tauri really is sitting down in ninth. Yeah. Haas is already ahead of them. Aston Martin's ahead of them. Alfa ahead of them. But Aston's on 50 points. Alfa's on 55. So, yeah, Aston Martin could take sixth position behind McLaren very, very easily if they put in a good result. There was that point in time where the first half of the season, Alfa were looking really good. And then mm. for about eight races in, on the trot, they got nothing. Yeah, yeah. it's um, been really bad for them. Breakdown after breakdown, DNFs non-points finishes and Aston have found some something in the last few races yeah on the flip side of that I think Vettel's having a really strong end to his career yeah he's, he's he having he's going it's out with a bang race, yeah it? yeah it's, it's Seb's last race it's Danny Rick's potentially last yeah, race it's a which, big farewell weekend isn't it yeah and I Latifi's saw last race really I'm oh, yeah. sure you boys know this but um it was 12 years ago that Sebastian Vettel won his first world title at Abu Dhabi. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so this is going to be very emotional for him Absolutely. to finish here. Absolutely. Um, could be Mick Schumacher's last race too. Yeah, yeah. quite literally. <laughs> so yeah, it's going to be going to be a big one. Danny Rick, yeah, last, last race. That's sad to see. Mm. Yeah. Uh, obviously not guaranteed that it'll be his last ever race in F1, but I think that's definitely the direction it's heading in. Yeah. It looks he, likely, doesn't it? He's still somewhere in between Red Bull and Mercedes for that reserve driver seat, isn't he? Yeah, he'll try and keep himself in the frame, but yeah. I don't. I think the chances of him driving next season are extremely unlikely. I, and think, I think yeah. him going to Red Bull is the biggest spit on the face he could do to his own career. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he left Red Bull as the number two because he didn't want to be the number two. He's yeah. like gone around to so many different teams with yeah, varying success like, yeah. only to come back to Red Bull as a number three. Like, come on. Like yeah. his whole career would have been for nothing. Yeah, 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 he's definitely questioning his choices for and, sure. And the funny rumors of like, if 
for whatever reason, there was a massive breakdown in relationship between Perez and Verstappen, and they pumped Max. Oh, sorry, they pumped Danny back into that seat for twenty four. Yeah. It's like what what role would Danny have in that scenario? He'd just basically be Checo two point oh. Yeah. Yeah. There's no real clear he'd just be a, for the he'd team be a to Max bring him back. Simp like he was um, back in the day. Yeah, like he was turning into. Which yeah. was the whole reason that he left. So yeah. like, what was the point? Yeah. Where did it bring you back to me? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, we are in for a big last weekend. We are. Uh, and we are. It's been a big pod. Uh, but to finish off this finale of our podcast for season one, Ooh. I like to just play a little game. Oh, yeah. Oh, here uh, we go. I've got all the stats for out of all the races, the most, all the overtakes, or the total number of overtakes in each race. Mm. And then in terms of the drivers, the total number of overtakes and the total, total number of drivers that, Wait, I'm confusing myself. <laughs> <laughs> the we've got the total amount of overtakes a driver's done. Yep. And the total amount of overtakes that a driver has received. Mm. Okay. Yep. So first of all, what would you say is out of all the races this season, what's had the most amount of overtakes? It's got to be either Texas or or Brazil. Brazil. Is this including the sprint? Sprint is separate. Sprint is separate. So just main Sunday race. Yeah. I'm going to say Texas. It's also tough because if someone DNFs from the lead, everyone overtakes them, right? That's 19 overtakes in one crash. Yeah. True. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. fuck Charles. Yeah. <laughs> Spain, maybe? <laughs> yeah, no. I'll give know. you a hint, right? The, f- the winner with the highest amount of overtakes is the last quarter of the season. Okay. Oh, sorry. We're talking driver, not race. No, this is race. race. Oh, this to is start. Race, yeah. Oh, then I then I still say Texas. Yeah, you are correct. Yeah. It was Texas. That was eighty three overtakes. Race. Not bad. Coming in a close second was Bahrain. At, right really? at the start of the season. At the start of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Half of that was Max and um and Charles going at each other. Yeah, they they clocked off about ten in like three laps. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> yeah. oh, those days. And they was they were good times. <laughs> so yeah, you guys are close. Brazil was third. Yeah. So, okay. There nice. You go. Cool. Onto the driver who's had the most amount of overtakes. Throwback to last season when we had Crypto.com sponsoring the official <laughs> overtake award. Yeah, and it was Seb, wasn't it? For it last was Seb, year. yeah. So Seb's He'd be gone. a decent shout this season as well, I reckon. Yeah. Because he's qualified poorly, but he, he comes through on he race comes day. Through strong, yeah. What's really ironic as well, I don't know if you guys are into cryptocurrency, but it's ironic that this award was sponsored by Crypto.com because Seb's leaving the sport and it looks like Crypto.com are in a fucking bin. At the moment <laughs> um, everyone's taking their money off the platform and leaving. So, yeah, quite ironic. But um, who do you reckon takes the cake for the number of overtakes this season? Most overtakes. I reckon Alonso. Alonso? But yeah. he's had a few DNFs too, hasn't he? Yeah, but... He's I, had a lot of bad But life. I'm trying to think, like, he, moved, he moves forward on race day more often than he goes yeah, backwards, yeah. so... Lando? Maybe Lando. Lando qualifies pretty well, though. He does. He does. Yeah. Right, give me a first and second guess. And I'll, I'll tell you. It's, yeah, it's, it's not Danny Rick. Producer Shab is trying to get Danny Rick in there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe for reverse. Over you know I can tell yeah. you Danny Rick is in the bottom four. Yeah. <laughs> you know who it's definitely not going to be? Producer Shabs? Uh, Ocon. 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 Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to say Alonso. You go Alonso. I'll go Lando then. All right. What's okay? So you're going Lonzo, you're going Lando. Yeah, number you, one was. You got? Oh, you got the answer. So I got yeah. the answer. <laughs> I'm going to cheat. It was Alonso with 67. Ah, nice. And Ramos. In a, coming in a second place is Hamilton with 60. And then oh, it goes yeah. Science of Verstappen tying on 57. Yeah, Leclerc, Magnussen, Joe. 
Um, last was DeVries. Zero overtakes, but he had one race. did so. one race. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Now, the driver who got overtaken the most. Mm, so this one's tricky because it's like, it's not going to like the obvious answer would people would think would be Latifi, but if you qualify last and you finish last, you're no always last. Yeah, right? you're always last. Yeah, and overlapping overtaken. doesn't count. So. Exactly, yeah, lapping yeah. doesn't count as being overtaken. Exactly. So, so who's had the biggest fall from grace? From yeah. So who, to the race day? so who qualifies like a madman and then just goes backwards on race day? Yeah. <laughs> it would have been George Russell last season. Yeah, it would have been George Russell last season. Um, They've been overtaken the most. Hard to say, really. I'm going to say like. Gasly. He's been shit this year. Alpha Tauri have had a really crap season. Mm. Like an under the radar crap season. Nothing's gone like completely terribly wrong, but they've just done nothing very well. Mm. I'm going to keep it McLaren theme. I'm going to go Danny Rick. I'm going to give you a hint before you make your decision. Mm. The top two are from the same team. Oh. Interesting. I'm still going to stick with Gasly. Yeah, Alpine. I'm going to go Danny Rick. It was Haas. The Haas really? Schumacher, Schumacher was the most overtaken driver this season. The Haas 91. 91 wow. times. He's been overtaken 91 times. This Fucking season. get Hulkenberg in the car now. <laughs> <laughs> I take back everything I said. Get and Hulk he, in the car. <laughs> he absolutely stole that. Like He was not even close to second. Magnussen, will, he was 11 off at 80. So that was second. And okay, well, third. he copped eight on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and then Latifi was third. So that's a sick podium. How was Latifi third? He had he was overtaken 73 times. There must have been like a couple of races in there where they just put him on like a Hail Mary strategy where he was out yeah. there on like yeah, yeah, yeah. really old tyres. But you can done. imagine the amount of times, you know, they trade at the back. And yeah. they don't even show it on the board. Or if he's gone on a longer stint and then everyone's gone past him on fresh tires. Yeah, yeah that would yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's definitely Mick's problem. Because yeah. Mick's just, Mick got thrown yeah. so many shit strategies. Where was it? He was leading the race and then got overtaken by everyone. Oh, Suzuka. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I should have, yep. Yeah, he probably copped like 12 just in that race alone. <laughs> Poor guy. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Well, that was a fun way to, to end off the final episode of the lockout. Yeah. Thanks for being with me this season, boys. It was great fun. It's been Any fun, time, fellas. Mate. Looking yeah, forward to the last race and uh, we're definitely going to celebrate after anyway. Yeah, 100%. For sure. For and sure. Uh, we'll be back better than ever next season uh, mm. to cover everything that's going on in the world of F1. Yeah. Have you uh, heard next year's Ferraris yet? Yeah. It's going to yeah. happen. Oh, according to our, um, our little prediction slash um, conspiracy theory, right? Yeah. Ferraris year. Charles next year. Mm. Yeah. 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 First. First. yeah. <laughs> anyway, until next time, guys, we'll catch you later. Thanks, guys. See ya.